Welcome to Death Holler. Do you like scary movies? Welcome to Season 3. Slash or pass. There will be laughter. <laughs> tears. <laughs> tender moments. Jeez. Jeez. My special, special boy. But most of all, screams. Remember, when you're in Death Holler, listener discretion is always advised. We hope you have a killer time. Well, here we are again. Yes, back into the holler. <laughs> it's been a little bit. How's things been going? Um, pretty good. I mean, it's starting to get spooky around here. Real people have really been taking on the Halloween season. Yeah, I, I, I used to get mad at people for like making Christmas a thing, you know, even before Halloween was out. But I don't know how I feel about people making Halloween a thing on July fifth, oh, which yeah. <laughs> is what the current trend is. Yeah. Um. The stuff is getting out in the stores, and I think that it's smart for the stores because they could they could just have it come out in October or, you know, September, maybe end of August, and do the usual, but they're going to be making money off of this. And, hey, you know, whatever stimulates the economy, I don't see anybody with anything out, out you know, um, but people are definitely preparing and maybe it's a thing because COVID fucked us up. I don't know about you, but shit was hard to find. And you know me, I'm I'm a freak for finding Halloween stuff. <laughs> well, I think that's part of it. I I don't know. I, it's one of those things that it's also like I think the second biggest holiday for spending outside of Christmas. Uh, Not so the, Valentine's. I don't think it's Valentine. I mean, if you want to throw in like the cost of rings and stuff, but I mean, just yeah. pure like every store having some kind of sales from it. Oh my God. I want to say that it's Halloween because they all get in and on it and, at some point. Yeah. And Halloween deserves it. She deserves to shine. She's a bright, shiny star <laughs> and she needs to be seen. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Spirit Halloween's already up and at it with like the hundred dollar popcorn gun from, uh, <laughs> yes. you know, from killer clowns, which is amazing. And it actually works apparently. Yes. Like if you put popcorn in it, <laughs> wait, 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 what? I, I, I don't I, know what I was thinking when you said popcorn gun, but I don't remember that in the movie. It's the what the clowns carry around whenever they're seeding the area oh. with the like the little clown babies that you know come out of the popcorn and you know like eggs or it, it's like they're like bugs or something that come out of the popcorn. Okay, so yes, I've seen the gun. It was seventy nine dollars last year, I believe. I messaged it to you and I showed you a, a video of me shooting it, but I didn't know it actually shot popcorn. And I would say I, for that price, if you if it's actually does what it's supposed to do that's worth it i well i mean maybe it was out last year i know everybody that i follow on like youtube that talks about that kind of stuff they brought it up as being like the big release for this year like the newest one so maybe they had one last year that was just it made sounds or something yes. but this one actually shoots okay I don't know. that would make sense it actually shoots popcorn so yes 
Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's kind of crazy. It's already out there. Uh, HHN's full steam. They're you know they've announced everything for both uh, places. I didn't know if you. I know you're not going, but I didn't know if you'd kept up with Hollywood and saw what they were introducing for that. Yes. So I've seen Evil Dead Rise, which ugh, I'm I'm a little sad about that one. I I I wanted to see that. There's a lot of people for, that go to Orlando that are salty that Hollywood got that because <gasps> oh yeah. Because Orlando got uh, uh, the Exorcist believe and or believer, and they there's everybody's just kind of like eh, yeah, you know about that. So. I'm gonna be real honest with you. Um, I would be salty too because I'm. Uh, we've seen the previews for Exorcist believe, you know. Yeah, well, I think the reason, what I heard, the reason was that Hollywood got Evil Dead Rise over Orlando was the fact that we're. Uh, Hollywood left that entire display up that they had from last year, which was that evil or that haunted hotel, which yes. is what it was originally going to be anyways, was evil dead, evil dead Rise. They already had it set up, so all they had to do is just, you know, they had to just retheme it. That's whereas, awesome. Whereas Orlando actually uses their sound stages, so they had to clear out Hellblock, and so now it's like, it's a, a summer Yeti thing, which is actually one of the ones people are looking most forward to. But uh, they they didn't have the setup remaining, and they just didn't want to rebuild what they had. So they were like, fuck it. We're going with the Exorcist. So. Yeah, we still have the Exorcist, it looks like. So the Terra Tram is called Exterminators. It looks dumb. And Terra Tram ba- sucked. It, it, it's, uh, it's based upon bugs from last year, it looks like. I mean, it really has a vibe from Orlando's Bugs house that they had. Yeah, which uh, a house might be cool. But the way these heathens are running around the back lot while you're, you know, just walking through this, it's the same maze every time, but they barely do anything to you. Like when it was, um, wh- wh- what can I think right now? It was the, the, purge. the purge. They fucking yeah. scared you through that entire experience. And it was so fun. So, I don't know. Um, we still have Stranger Things. We do have The Exorcist. It says Exorcist Believer for... It, it says that for um, for uh, Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, Hollywood's getting it, too. And that's the th- oh. I think that's the other reason why people are salty in Orlando about it. Because I think there's actually more IP houses out in Hollywood this year. And they did like the the five and five, you know, original slash IPs, you know, yeah. down in Orlando, which actually is better for Orlando because they're some of their original houses are fantastic. Yes. Um, oh yes, Orlando kills it when it comes to the original homes. At least it seems like it from my perspective, and that's just me from the outside thinking that looks cool, and then hearing it from everyone how amazing it was, and it's like. Well, fuck, you know, like if it, it just the advertisement alone for them looks amazing. Yeah, the Dead Man's Pier last year was I oh, mean, like one of the best things I ever saw. So I'm, I'm looking. F- they said this year they put every bit of that same effort in one called Dueling Dragons, which is actually oh, a ride. That, it was actually a ride they used to have in, in one of their parks, Islands of Adventure, that got replaced uh, with uh, Hagrid's uh, motorbike. Okay. Uh, ride oh, or which whatever. fucking looks sick as fuck. Yeah, it's it's a pretty damn good ride too. So, uh, but it and it's actually got there's the way they've designed it. There's actually two ends to the house, like it splits off halfway through, and you have to make your choice which way you go. And then when you get to the end of that, there's two endings per you oh, know sweet. trail. Choose so your own actually, adventure. 
So there's actually four different endings you can see based upon when you go through the house, oh which is really God. neat. Oh, my God. That's fucking sick. Now see, that makes it worth going through multiple times. Sometimes you want to go through multiple times just to get the full experience, the things that you may have missed while you were covering your eyes, because I don't know who would do that, but, you know, uh, I'm not judging. But um, for that, but also to, to get multiple endings, that's fucking sick. Yeah, it's it's pretty neat concept I, like, I mean i like the fact that they've included that and they've all their original houses are tied through a theme of dr Oddfellow. that's another thing that orlando does that hollywood doesn't they have these icons that they have like jack the clown yeah Chance. uh this one is dr Oddfellow. he's actually the one according to the new lore that we came out with who actually gave jack immortality uh by accident and that's the reason jack the clown can come back you know uh, so often because dr Oddfellow, who ran the circus uh was actually he did all these dark dealings and he discovered immortality so they've got that tied into all the scare zones and all the house all the original houses this year yeah down in orlando um we also have uh Okay, so we all we all know about fucking Evil Dead Rise. Woohoo. Uh, not Evil Dead Rise, excuse me, uh, The Last of Us. Uh, that's old news now. Chucky Ultimate Kill Count. Are you guys getting that too? We are, and actually that was down at the bottom of my list when they said it was Chucky, and then whenever they announced actually what it's going to be about, it like shot near the top as far as what I want it to be because it's a meta house. Like They were designed, they wanted Chucky, according to the lore, they, they made up a house for Chucky, and they invited him, the character, to, uh, and in particular, this is Orlando's down there, to see it. He went inside the house, thought it was lame, and so he started killing everybody and using it for his own personal kill house. So it's a house that, you know, it's a haunted house that Chucky has taken over outside of the haunted house part of it. So it's kind of got a neat little meta-narrative to it. Yeah. I mean, that might be cool because I... Wasn't super excited for it. Just, I don't know. They've been building up Chucky at Hollywood for fucking ever. And it's like finally getting, and it's like, bro, you've been talking about this for years, it feels like, and now it's finally happening. But it's, I don't know. I don't know why I'm not excited for it. Um, I, I'm excited for Monsters Unmasked. That's one of ours. Yeah, they're, they're getting that in um, Orlando, too. And it's, it's set in the French catacombs, which Ooh. sounds amazing. Yes. Oh, fucking, I want to go so bad. Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, Phantom of the Opera, and the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Which, whew, yeah. Um, Evil Dead Rise, we talked about that already. I'm not excited for this one. Monsters of Latin America, which, I mean. That's the one that I was wondering if you'd be excited for because they're, I've never heard of these creatures. I, I haven't either. I, I don't, when I, they say Latin America, I think they, I mean, the one, the witch, La, whatever her name is. Yeah, that one might be from, like, the Mexico region, but it sounds yes. like some of the others are from, like, South America. Yes, and that's obviously perfectly acceptable. We're talking about Latin America. La Muerte, when I think of La Muerte, I think of uh, Salma Hayek when she was in the Book of Life. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's basically like, it's death, so, but it's, it's a very beautiful, sexy death, so who knows what she looks like. It starts off with Ten Cuidado, which... Ten in Spanish can mean multiple things. Like if you say te cuidado, it's be careful. Oh, no, not be careful. Ten cuidado means be careful. But te cuidado means I'll take care of you. Uh, the fucking Spanish is a fucking language, y'all, okay? This is why I don't speak it fluently. And I know you're probably like, well, Reyna, you knew that. Uh, yeah, Google it. I mean, like, I, I know some things from my grandma, but I, I guarantee you Google's going to be very fucking similar to what I just said. 
Um, so let me see. Scream Squad. You and your Scream Squad. Squad goals. Uh, must try to survive the terrifying legends, the blood-sucking. I can't even pronounce that. Tapuchi, I don't know. Owl-faced witch, La Lechusa, never heard of her. And bone-ripping Al Sivon. So, I, I've never fucking heard of them. Like, no, not even a chupacabra? Not not even a chupi, you know? No chupa-chup? There's so much more. I don't know. I, I find it, and, and I know that the one witch, the La Chusa, or whatever you said, has to be from Mexico because that's why I sent you that TikTok. Apparently, there's a thing down there where they think owls are witches. And they're oh. definitely afraid of them. I, yeah, and I, I mean, not from Mexico, obviously. But I never fucking heard of that either. I did not know that. <laughs> My grandma has never been afraid of an owl. I don't. Is this something new? I have no idea. Here's the thing. In Appalachia, there is a, there's folklore about owls. And it's that if they fly inside of your house during the daytime, which is very abnormal, then someone in your household will die. That, that's the lore in Appalachia. Or, and hear me out, an owl flies into your home. Actually, I did see one of the TikToks that um, I, it's an Appalachian Indian man. He looks Mexican to me. I don't mean to be disrespectful, but I thought he was Hispanic of sorts. Um, he had an owl, or he did a video where the owl flied into his house, and then they were praying to get it out or something like that, yeah, or yeah, chanting. Yeah. Or whatever, but like, how about an owl flies into your house during the daytime? Maybe it's in danger. Maybe it's being hunted. Well, I mean, it could be that, but I mean, it's like one of those things if they're perfectly healthy and they fly and they land and they just kind of stand there, that's supposed to be like a harbinger for like death or yeah. something. So that, I, yeah. that's the lore. Definitely. I could see that. I don't want to ruin that, but you know me, I'd be like, oh, look at the baby. Uh, holidays in hell. I was excited for that one previously already. Uh, yeah, that one is as uh, a return. Like that, there's the people out at Hollywood are disappointed with that one uh, because they say it's been there like two or three times already. Well, it hasn't been there any of the times that I've been there. So yeah, I know that's one of those things. It's where like Halloween last year at Orlando. Like I'd never saw the original house, and apparently this was the best version of that, anyways. And I just got ha- I got to see it for the first time, so I'm like, yeah, I'm cool with that. Okay, yeah, see, and it, it works for some people. I think people need to calm down. Uh, if I saw Chucky two times in a row, I'd probably be pissed. I guess because we like we feel like we need to get the most out of the money that we're spending, and it's like, well, I've already fucking seen that, you know. Yeah, that well, that's what I feel like. There's a there's a show in Orlando called Nightmare Fuel, which is basically. Uh, hot dudes and ladies and like leather and there's fire going on and they're doing like these sexy dances and plus you know like doing stuff like on these rings that are like up above the stage oh yeah it's fine but the thing is is like they don't really change the show so like when i saw it announced again this year i'm just like you gotta be fucking kidding me please yeah new new show i've saw it twice already uh i just (laughs) hope they get rid of the jabberwockies i'm like i don't understand that But yeah, it's I don't know, it's it's shaping up to to be a pretty cool event, so I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and I still they- want to go. We're not going to go. I still have the room on reserve that that we booked. <laughs> so, you know, hoping that there's a chance, but I doubt it. So, fucking boys. Uh, may, may, maybe later in the season just you all get a wild hair and it's just like, you know, it's middle October, let's fucking do this. We still you know? got the room. Let's go. <laughs> I am hoping. I'm hanging on by a thread. That's probably not, though. We'll see. Um, but scary movies are, uh, well, they're out. We're already I, seeing them. 
there's a new one out right now that I have not saw yet, uh, not seen yet, because we were wanting to watch it this weekend, and uh, we just didn't get a chance to because it was booked up everywhere. Wow! Uh, it's the the last voyage of the Demeter, which is uh, it's basically for anybody that doesn't know. In Bram Stoker's Dracula, there's like a transition section in the book where Dracula leaves Transylvania. He hops on a ship, or he has his casket and his body in placed on a ship and that's how he gets to england where you know mina and like you know oh. and, and the rest of society is at and all it says is that it, whenever the ship like you know gets to england it kind of floats into the dock everybody on the ship is dead and completely drained of blood and then you know and and it's like a ghost ship and that's all you know about the ship okay they took that and made them like they filled in the gaps of the story. It's like the people are trapped on the ship with Dracula and how, you know, what, what happened to them is what okay. it's about. Yeah. That actually sounds legit. Yeah. It, it looks pretty good. I heard it's a slow burn, which I know you're not fond of. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm but, a half asleep during the first part of the movie. Well, somebody actually said they's like this movie's perfect for sleeping because they said it's dark. They said it they, there's not a lot of action, and you know it just kind of goes from there. But I did, but I've heard a lot of good things about from people who don't mind a little bit of a slow burn. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, Talk to me recently came out, which is an Australian horror film uh, from A24. That is a legit good movie. Like, really? Um, You're the first yeah. person I've heard that has said something good about that movie. I mean, I everybody that I've, I've I follow on YouTube is is hot, you know, hyping it up. Like, I I really enjoyed it. I mean, it's one of those ones that it doesn't. It's not super scary. At least to me, it wasn't. I know some people are like super freaked out about possession type stuff, but. A, it's not demon possession. So mm -hmm. if that if that's your thing that freaks you out, it's not that. These are these are spirits. They're ghosts, um, and it's and it's played up like, um, you know, like how kids do stupid little yeah. party games. You know that they shouldn't be doing just to you know pass the time or whatever. It's it's and and it's even more so Gen Z based because they're all filming it. It's like oh okay. yeah. We've got this hand that's supposedly the, you know, like the porcelain encased, uh, desiccated hand of like a medium who passed away. And uh, if you grab the hand and give it the instructions, talk to me, then a spirit appears in front of you. And then, uh, you know, of course, they're filming the reaction of the person seeing the spirit and the, and the spirits are like in Beetlejuice. However, they died. That's how they appear. So if it's really gruesome, then uh -huh, they're going to be really yeah. gruesome. Um, and then there's the second part of it where you say, uh, I invite you into me or something. And that's no. Yeah. And, and so these kids are stupid and they're doing this, uh, for laughs because, you know, like for instance, there's one scene in the movie where right. a perverted spirit, somebody who was very perverted in life is invited in the body and they're just sitting there making like these, like, you know, like sitting there licking at the other people and they're like rubbing their self and they're making fun of them because, you know, it's, it's almost like. I don't like in the old days, if you were actually able to do hypnosis on somebody and all the stupid shit that yeah. you can get them to do, that's what this is, but with a spirit controlling the body. Yes. Um, mm. And so that's the gist of the movie, but they've got rules. Like if you, and I don't know where they came up with these rules, I guess enough people died previously to figure this out, which is a scary statement, but. Um, if you go for longer than 90 seconds, the spirit can make, can take total control of you. So they, they time it whenever they start doing this to see, you know, like how long you've been under possession. Yeah. The other thing is, is if you die 
while you're possessed, the spirit uses your body from then on out. It's it's theirs. So that's that's another, you know, rule in the movie. And it goes from there. So Um, how do you stop it then? Like obviously it's timed, but who is like, okay, time's out. Like there is a phrase there's a phrase that they can get uh that they I, I think well no actually what they can do is they pry the hand away from the body when they do oh. that it, it severs the this the connection okay um the problem is is that one of the main characters in the movie lost her mother so it feed that feeds into I it, saw that know. yeah yeah so there's a point in the movie i mean where a spirit claiming to be her mother you know, hops into somebody and then it goes from there. So, I mean, you know, that, that's where the movie's set up. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just like a lot of the other A24 movies. It's not really, I mean, it's got the scares if, if you're scared of that stuff. I, I wasn't scared by them, but it's A24 is all about like the, the human drama behind all this stuff. Yes. And it's more about the girls, uh, you know, like her grief and her inability to let, you know, let her mom rest in her mind because her mom, I mean, and they reveal this in the movie, her mom died of suicide. So, like, okay. she can't, you know, she can't get over that, you know. Yeah. Um, so, it, it's it's more about her, you know, in, inability to let the, her mom's memory, you know, go more than it, you know, it tied into all this other stuff about the spirits. Yeah. And it has a hell of an ending to it. I'm not going to ruin that at all. But the ending, whenever I saw, I was like, "Oh shit! Oh okay, like this is perfect." And they, they're even talking; they're already talking about a part two. Wow. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't. I'm trying to recall what I've heard about it. Um, I think people kind of took the movie as a joke more than anything. Like, oh, this wasn't very good. Maybe they didn't think it was super scary. Maybe they didn't understand. You know. Uh, interesting. Okay. Because I wasn't going like- to watch it. That's what I'm saying. Like the, the the scares for me wasn't weren't there as much because the the people in the movie are not taking the scare seriously because they're they're it's a joke until it isn't you know yeah. in the movie, um you know even whenever they see these horrible people it, it's a party game it's like oh fuck look what I just saw that person's missing an eyeball high five you know yeah it's it's one of those things um and, but I related it to somebody else in this way. It's it's like if you know if you were in a bunch of people were at a party and you were drinking and then somebody on the way home uh, was drunk driving and they caused total fucking chaos. Mm-hmm. The the movie's about the aftermath of the chaos. Okay. So that's 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 what the movie's about. I mean, so they're, they're getting high they're getting high on their own supply during the you know um, the you know possession stuff, but then they fuck around and then they find out. <laughs> Fafo. <laughs> Uh, I also watched Kronos, which was uh, uh, Guillermo del Toro's first movie. It's kind of a vampire movie. Uh, I'd been meaning to see it for years, but I finally sat down to watch it. It's really good. I mean, it, it's got, I mean, you can see how he became the director he became later on and the creative type that he is. It's It's got a really neat story, like the, the old, you, just like, I mean, I heard him talking about, and he's right, like, he doesn't make monsters that are just like evil. He makes sympathetic monsters. Yeah. And so the, the old man who is actually the old man that was in uh, the devil's backbone, you know, the old doctor that was, you know, impotent and couldn't uh, satisfy his lady who was cucking him with the younger guy. Uh, He's actually the main star in the movie. And um, he, 
happens upon this device that was uh, like from this alchemist from an ancient time that's supposed to give you, uh, you know, immortality. And it basically turns you into a vampire. And like yeah. he, it, it, it follows him. And like, I mean, you, you feel, I mean, and he's, and he's a nice guy. He's a loving grandpa. He's got a little uh, granddaughter named Aurora that like he, you know, uh, you know, always ha has around him. So, I mean, it, it's you watching him, uh, kind of devolve into this monster, you know, and, but he's still like, he's still got morals about him. So. Wow. Interesting. It's, it's, and the, I w it doesn't really have a whole lot of makeup effects until the end of the movie, but they really make him kind of creepy because like whenever he dies at one point in the movie uh, and, and the device resurrects him, like the device, the device doesn't resurrect him perfectly. So he's got rotting flesh at that point on yeah. in the movie. So it, it looks pretty creepy. Oh my God. And Guillermo <clears throat> del Toro, again, white as can be uh, from Mexico. Again, folks, they make us in that color. <laughs> and then I watched the original Hills Have Eyes from uh, Wes Craven. And that, I wasn't going to watch this ever because I remember watching uh, Alexander Aja's uh, version of it, which is the remake. Yeah. And it's got a brutal rape scene in that movie. Like, a, I mean, like, I was so I thought it was the second one that has the brutal rape scene. No, it's the first one oh, because they, they catch them inside the RV and they, I mean, it's prolonged. It's, I mean, you hear the screaming. They don't cut away from it. The original's different. They don't show it. Okay. And they cut away from it. It's more tolerable that way. Uh, it's actually, I was actually, I enjoyed it because, like, it still had, you know, this evil clan of, you know, cannibalistic, you know, mutants or whatever in the desert. Yeah, basically. Uh, but, and then it still had the, you know, the surviving regular folk turning, you know, basically feral and, like, you know, getting the revenge on them. Yeah. So it still has that satisfying revenge arc, but... It's and it's campier. Don't get me wrong on that, but like it's it's easier to watch than the newer one because yeah. the new one's brutal. I had like, a hard time with the new one. I don't remember the rape scene. Oh, I wonder if maybe there was a rape scene too in the second one. I'm sure there is because like, the it's, second it's, one wasn't it the military people in the second one? Yes. Okay, and yeah, I guess a girl gets trapped and Noah's like, "Yep, she gets the dick of doom." Nonstop, yeah. over and over. But, but it's a regular family in the first one. Yeah. Like, I mean, and, and, and the guy, and it, just like in the original, the guy goes to rescue his baby, and, you know, he has to make his way into the mutants yeah. camp or whatever. Um, but it, it's really good, and, and the Doom Prophet in it is one of my favorite Doom Prophets I've ever seen because he's actually, he's the reason for the Doom uh, he's the he's the grandpappy to the mutants, and he gives this big speech about how he should have killed his son whenever he saw that he was a mutant, uh, but he didn't, and you know now they're gonna you know cause hell for everybody. So it's it's got a real nice Doom Prophet moment in it too. Good so. lord! <laughs> but I recommend it, and then hearing like Wes Craven and the rest of them talk about the movie is it was amazing. Like it's it was on the special features. Uh, uh, Wes Craven had just, I mean, it was like one of his first, well, he'd done The Last House on the Left, but this was like his very first movie that he was like really doing on his own. And like all the people were talking about it, about how educated and nice, you know, because that's the thing, Wes Craven was like super nice, despite the fact and, and very quiet and shy, even though like, you, you know, to watch his movies and see what kind of shit went on in them, you wouldn't think that. Yeah. Um, but, like, he was talking about when him and the producer went scouting for locations on where to film it at. 
they almost got trapped out in the desert during the summer in 120 degree uh, heat without anything to drink. Like oh my they, God. They, they went out there and they were told like by somebody, it's like, you're an idiot if you go out there at this time of year. And it's like, ah, we'll be fine. We'll take some water. They barely took anything with them. And when they got back to the car, it didn't want to start. Of course. <laughs> so, and then, I mean, later on, they, they there's a few other things. Uh, talking about Michael Berryman, who plays, like, the main uh, mutant in the movie, Pluto, that, like, you know, is always on the cover. Like, he's got the misshapen head and, like, just a really nice guy himself and, like, very educated. So, I mean, it's just interesting to hear the people, you know, talking about the movie and, like, all the shit that went on. I mean, they were filming in the desert. So, <sighs> I mean, it was... And they said it was actually worse during the night than it was during the day because it was so cold that they were, like, freezing, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they weren't allowed to shower. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. Well, that was the other thing is some of the – it was raining some of those nights, so it was raining and cold on top of it, so they were having to deal with all that misery while they were trying to get some of the scenes. Yeah. Ugh. But I don't know. It's it's a candidate for human horror for sure because that's what it you know is. But like I said, that new one. I don't know if I mean I I'll, I'll rewatch it for the podcast. But man, is that brutal? Like yeah, it's way more brutal than the original. I think is that going to be that's human horror, huh? Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, but anyways, I hear some people at the door, so let's let them in. Let's do it. everyone and welcome back to death holler i am your host reverend dr death and joining me as always is the camp counselor you don't want to piss off la urena how are things around the camp urena not good the kids are having sex again and that's how i lost my firstborn so you know it's not it's it's not going well not for the kids anyways <laughs> you're having a grand old time though, yes right? collecting the souls of these uh, heathens you know it's perfect <laughs> Well, it's hot, y'all. Uh, the last summer is going out like a line, and we thought it was the perfect occasion to visit a few summer slashers that aren't as well-known. Uh, the selection we have for you this episode is an eclectic mix. There's a B-movie classic that would probably be canceled if it was made today, uh, a horror, horror comedy set in a tropic locale, and finally a French horror classic from the early 2000s that is criminally underseen and underappreciated. So get out the bug spray, gather around the campfire, and join us as we discuss Sleepaway Camp, Club Dread, and High Tension. But first, if you're enjoying the podcast, we'd appreciate it if you could take the time to like, comment, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you prefer. Helps us get more visibility on podcast listings and helps us grow. Also consider following us on social media. You can find us on TikTok and Twitter under Death Holler Pod, and we can be found on Instagram and Facebook under Death Holler Podcast. We appreciate everyone who listens and hope you enjoy the show. First up, Sleepaway Camp from 1983. Uh, Reverend, real quick, I need to go see what's happening downstairs. It's being, okay. it's loud. I'll be right back. <laughs> All right.
my heathen ass demon dogs have decided that they can wake the campers up if they just bark their asses off. <laughs> and they'll get fed if they do that. And the campers are feeding them. So, you know, <laughs> vicious cycle. Vicious cycle. First up, we have Sleepaway Camp from 1983. Tagline, you'll go there on a bus and you'll come back in a bag. <laughs> I mean, it fits. Uh, directed by Robert uh, Hiltzik. Uh, also written by Robert Hiltzik. Uh, music by Edward Ballou or Ballous. Uh, budget of 350000 so a very low budget film. Whoa. Made eleven million. Fucking so shit! This was a box office success. No wonder. How many did they make after this? Uh, there was at least four, and then I think there was one, maybe like remake recently too, or oh something. Oh my so. god! It killed it, literally. Uh, principal players: We have Felissa Rose playing Angela Baker, who is a traumatized survivor and freaky kid. Freaky, in uh, oof, many ways. <laughs> uh she was obviously in return to sleepaway camp uh which is the newest one that they came out with it had some of the principal people come back okay uh been in a ton of like uh you know budget horror films uh otherwise because of her you know infamous turn in this movie yeah uh murder madness mayhem wolf hollow which is actually a really good vamp or i mean werewolf movie uh terrifier 2 she was in that uh, Teddy told me to, uh, the, she's in the last drive-in as Joe Bob's special mangled dick expert. Okay. Uh, Victor Crowley, uh, uh, which is a pretty good, uh, I mean, w if we have time, we might try to cover the, the, uh, hatchet movies. That's part of them. Yeah. Uh, tales of Halloween. And like I said, just a lot of, I mean, if you look at IMDb, it's just loaded with a lot of budget horror films. Uh, Jonathan Tiriston plays Ricky Thomas, uh, Angela's cousin and protector in the movie. Uh, he was also in Return to Sleepaway Camp, uh, The House That Wept Blood. Uh, this is, I, I would never watch this movie even for zombie season. Toilet Zombie Baby Strikes Back. What? Toilet, Toilet Zombie Baby Strikes Back? Yeah, that's a hell of a title. It paints an uh, image, doesn't it? Oh, my God. Uh, the only thing I could think of just based upon that title is, you know, some woman who didn't either realize she's pregnant or didn't want the baby had the baby into the toilet. It turned into a zombie and then it came out for revenge. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just assuming. And then Blood Reservoir is another movie he was in. Uh, Desiree Gould plays Dr. Martha Thomas, Angela's eccentric aunt. Ugh. Ugh. Fuck that Ooh. bitch is annoying. <laughs> uh she was in another uh movie called tales of poe but yeah i i agree with you like she is uh, really she's almost as freaky as uh angela in the movie yeah well angela definitely gets it from her aunt i mean i think they did a really good job in terms of these are cousins you know like she she was cousins with the boy that who fucking ugh. Dr. Martha Thomas, uh, her son, they had similarities, but not so much that they could be brother and sister, but Angela and Martha could be fucking mother and daughter. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Dan Tercy plays John Baker, Angela's deceased father. James Paradise plays Lenny, uh, John, uh, John's gay boyfriend. Um, this actually very, fairly progressive for yes. the time that it was made in. It really was. 
Uh, Owen Hughes plays Artie, the pedophilic head cook. Fucking. He was grody. Uh, Johnny Dunn plays Kenny, who uh, mocks Angela as a freak uh, in the movie, and he's also a great swimmer, according to everybody, but didn't help him. Uh, yeah, let's be debated. Uh, Loris Darren, uh, plays Billy who throws a water balloon, uh, at Angela and I, it's L O R I S it's Loris, I guess. Um, uh, you don't mess around with Angela. We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, Catherine Cammy plays Meg, who's just a total bitch. Mm-hmm. She's, she's a shit counselor and she's a whore looking for a sugar daddy. Yes. And I don't know why you would pick the head of the camp as a sugar daddy. Yeah. Because there's not a lot of money there, but whatever. I yeah. mean, pop off. Uh, she's just been in a ton of TV, including the Ghost Whisperer of all Ooh. things. Uh, Karen Fields plays Judy, uh, Angela's bunkmate, Ricky's ex, and a total bitch as well. Uh, and she was actually in a short film called uh, Judy, which is about the character after or somehow like reimagined, you know, if she had survived yeah you know the movie uh mike kellen plays mel caustic the camp owner a total pervert and a poor amateur investigator Uh, he was in the midnight express and the jazz singer and then finally christopher uh collett plays paul collins ricky's bff uh angela Souter, and a very progressive dude for the time considering how the movie ends (laughs) yeah uh, he was in Prayer of the Roller Boys, the Langoliers. Uh, he was a voice actor on a ton of Pokemon movies oh, and, Pokemon. and shows. Uh, Viva Pinata and Yu-Gi-Oh! So, like, the guy's <gasps> done a lot of voice work. Viva Pinata! Um, it's been so long since I've played that. Yeah, well, I mean, it has a connection to Sleepaway Camp, so there you go. Oh, my God. Uh, synopsis. After a camp counselor makes the uh, mistake and trusts a woman to drive a boat, yeah. a, gay, a gay dad and one of his children are killed. Fast forward a few years and the surviving child, Angela, is getting ready to go to summer camp with her cousin, Ricky. After a pep talk from a clearly deranged doctor and Ricky's mom, the two kids end up at Camp Arawak. Uh, camp Arawak, a place the health inspector avoids like the plague and where pedophiles go to retire. Uh, bullies get got, bitches get hot, uh, curling irons up their cooches, that is. Ah, shut up. <laughs> and creepy old guys get shot in the neck with arrows. The mo- the, the, the camp's activity for day- today is murder. <laughs> and everyone is signed up to get murdered. <laughs> that's one of the taglines. That's actually not too bad either. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Got a respectable body count, twelve. But we're going to count. We're going to count thirteen for Death Holler, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Uh, John Baker gets killed by a speedboat from a dumb bitch. Uh, John Baker's child gets killed by a speedboat uh, from a dumb bitch. Uh, Kenny is drowned in the lake. Billy is stung to death by bees. Oh God! Hold on, I got it. There it goes. Well, what is that? What is that? What is it? Oh no! Not the bees! Oh, I was so hoping uh, to for that to happen whenever we played that. I was like, they they have the bees. I mean, it's perfect. Uh, Meg is has her back slit open with a knife while she's taking a shower. Uh, Judy is penetrated with a hot curling iron. Uh, young camper one, two, three, and four are all found hacked to death with a hatchet. 
uh, old dirty male is shot with the arrow through the neck. Old dirty and, bastard. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, old dirty bastard. Paul is decapitated. And uh, it's not a kill, but it should have been. And headcanon for Death Holler is that, that the motherfucker died in the hospital. Artie is burned horrendously with boiling water. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, there is nobody in any of these movies that will ever deserve a kill more than fucking Artie. I mean, maybe the, the killers themselves, but like of regular people that are not the killer. Uh, yes. Uh, I feel like in a way that the two kids at the beginning of the movie, both of them died because they killed that little boy when they turned him into Angela. That is true. That is true. Uh, but that's not very progressive of you to say that. <laughs> so, but, but they do call it dead naming. So you're not wrong. They, yes. they kind of, kind of did die. Um, quotes, uh, Billy eat shit and die Ricky. And then Ricky responded, eat shit and live bill. Yes. That was a good one. <laughs> Uh, Judy, she's a real carpenter's dream. Flat as a board and needs a screw. <laughs> okay. I, this movie is fucking wild. Uh, Meg, if she were any quieter, she'd be dead. Uh, Artie, look at all those. Oh, man, this is the worst line in any movie. Look at the, all that young, fresh chicken. Well, where I come from, we call them baldies. Makes your mouth water, don't it? And then Ben who is just as culpable and just as awful as Artie, in my opinion, for encouraging this shit. Yeah. Artie, they're too young to even understand what's on your mind. And mm -hmm. then Artie's like, there ain't no such thing as being too young. You're just too old. And then he Ooh. laughs. Ben laughs with him. I'm like, you fuckers need to die, like both of you. <laughs> uh, Angela, meet me at the waterfront after the social. One yeah, a few lines she has in the whole fucking movie. Yeah, like, I'm serious. She, yeah, she doesn't talk much except that are a hi or how are you or I'm doing fine, blah, 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 you know. Yeah. Uh, Aunt Martha. Oh, you're going to enjoy living with us so much. Yes, I know you are. It's a welcome home present. I bought you such wonderful new clothes. I just hope that Richard doesn't get jealous that I didn't get him anything. Oh, but then he is such a dear. I'm sure that he won't mind. You see, I've always wanted a little girl. But, of course, when my husband left... Oh, well, that's all water under the bridge, as I always say. Water under the bridge. But it certainly will be a nice little surprise when Richard comes home to find a little girl in the house. Yes, I've always dreamed of a little girl just like you. Yeah. There are, there are parents that are alive today that are just like this character. Mm -hmm. Just keep that in mind. Just, it's they're out there. Uh, and I end on that as far as the quotes because that is the defining moment that turn this character into what she became, you yes. know? So other taglines for the movie, dear mom and dad, I've been at sleepaway camp for almost three weeks now and I'm getting very scared. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Wasn't that, <laughs> God, I saw that somewhere. Maybe I saw it when I was looking up the movie. So someone is watching you. Someone is waiting for you. Someone wants to scare you to death. Literally mm, too long. Didn't read. Uh, you won't be coming home. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that hits hard when you're sending kids away to camp. you That's one thing you're terrified of. Yep. Uh, this one uh, I don't feel is true. Summer camp has never been so scary. I would argue that Jason yeah. has the, the the has that lockdown. So yeah. nice, nice try, sleepaway camp. Cute. Uh, a nice place for summer vacation, a perfect place to die. That one's okay. I'll that one's allow, pretty good. I'll allow it. This place puts the RIP 
in R and R. No, <laughs> that one. And no. This, and this one's just ridiculous. Carrie meets Friday the Thirteenth. Stop it! Quit trying to use the success of other films to uplift yours. The funny thing is, is that Sleepaway Camp Two, which is probably the best of the sequels, really? Uh, yeah, it actually is. It's got some good kills in it, and the Angela in that one is totally off her fucking rocker. Yeah, she's we like, saw it a little bit last night. She's super religious for some reason now after her years of therapy or whatever. But um, like, there's a scene in the movie where she's got both a hockey mask and the Freddy's gloves. Oh so, God! You know, so clearly they were, you know, they were going, they knew what they were going for. Isn't that the one too, where like she basically says the government paid for her sex change, her uh, taxpayers yes. did? Yes. Yes. And I'm like, oh my God! Like I'm like, it doesn't sound too far fresh from what we're turning into at this point. Uh, it's pretty close, actually. It's kind of scary. Yeah. Um, visuals. Um, the kills in this movie are not too bad visually. That mm-hmm. scene with Artie in particular with the, the pus, like from the blisters and yes. stuff on his face, mm-hmm. actually pretty well done. Especially if you look, they're actually bubbling up. Yes. Like they're pulsating. I did see that. I was like, am I seeing what I'm seeing? Uh, his scream was fucking annoying, though. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it because he deserved it. He definitely he. deserved it, but I was tired of hearing him, so... <laughs> Uh, the, uh, scene with the arrow through the neck wasn't too bad. I mm-hmm. mean, they did that pretty respectably. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, uh, the, the knife through, uh, Meg's back is actually not too bad either. I mean. Yeah. I mean, the, okay. First off, what the fuck was she humming? Second, what was she washing? Wasn't even washing her tits. She was watching like the area between her neck and her tits only bitch. Well, if gotta- that's what you washing, you dirty. You got to let them tits flop out for the audience to see, okay? You can't be covering them up, even though you're only showing side boob, okay? Barely showed any side. I feel like she showed more up, upper boob than anything. And other than that, like, wash your ass. You're nasty. <laughs> she was nasty in all kinds of ways. Yeah, but, like, mean, you probably had fucking dirt up in there and shit. Gross. Well, and she had male's dirt up all in her, too, which Blech. is a whole other gross thing. Uh, but the movie's cheap looking otherwise, but yeah. the, I mean, for the amount it was made for, I mean, you gotta, I mean, it is what it is. For 1983, I'm not complaining. I'll tell you one thing, that last visual will fucking stay with you though. Uh, yeah, um, the mouth and the, and the hissing and the dick, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was the one scene I was like, uh, Raina's, your Raina's gotta see this, like, she has to see this scene, like, it is... In, like, horror movie, like, I mean, you know, legend as far as, like, just the craziest fucking ending for a movie. Well, the problem was, and my husband did a good job of not letting me know that I was right, is I figured out somewhere, probably right after the scene where she was asking, are you queer, Angela? Is that why you don't shower with us? And I was like, oh, that was the little boy. Because at the beginning of the film, when the two kids die, it looked like the boy survived. And the girl was fucking blown out of her fucking vest. And it was all shredded up. And I was like, the boy lived. That's weird. So at the when it's a turn of events and you see that it's the girl that lived, I'm like, that don't seem right. And then when Judy has her fucking, you know, lines about, you know, are you queer? You don't shower with us. And I'm like, well, if she was queer, she would shower with you. Like, she'd want to see that fucking fine vagina, you know? <laughs> but 
I told Noah, I was like, oh, I was like, that that's that's the actually the boy. They're, they're making him be a girl, right? And Noah's like, I don't know. I was like, oh, pfft. That means, yeah, because he would have been like, no, or watch the film or something like that, and he didn't. So I figured it out around that time, so I was kind of expecting it. I knew when she was taking him to the waterfront that he was going to find out that she was a he. I did not know what we were going to see, though, so I wasn't ever going to anticipate that. But I thought that it was pretty scary looking. The way that they have her hair, his, its mouth opened uh, all weird like that, hissing and blood covered in the fucking dick. Yeah, that that face by Felicity Rose at that scene is horrifying. It like, is. I mean, it really is. And is that her face, or is that a dude wearing like a mask or something? Because I didn't know if that was really a dude or if she had a prosthetic dick or something. Um. I would assume it was prosthetic dick because I'm pretty sure that's her face, but I could be wrong. I didn't see anything to say that it wasn't her, at least. Yeah, and then, like, I know she's flat-chested, but, I mean. Uh, funny thing about that, uh, they actually, she had, her boobs were more developed. They they used, they tightened up, you know, her clothing underneath to make her more flat-chested for that, that part. What about when she was full-blown naked, though? Uh, that might have been somebody else. I really. That's don't what know I was thinking. Because, it was someone else. I was thinking it was a body double or something. Yeah, it, it might be because, like I said, they, they, it's in the trivia. They had to like use like you know all kinds of stuff to like basically smush down her tits. Which so is that, yeah, that's that, that's fine. I get that. Which is funny because how old was she in this film? I know that Judy was actually fucking sixteen years old or thirteen or sixteen. Uh, Judy might have been 16. Felicia Rose was 13. Like, she was one of the few people in a horror movie that's actually the age she's supposed to be in the movie. Uh, Sleepaway Camp Part 1 is 1983. So, um, Judy was born in 1970. She was 13 years old in this film. She looked like she was fucking 20. Oh, well, then Judy was too. Yeah. Yeah, She looked older, like quite a bit older. Yeah, no, I was like, how how fucking old is she? They had these (laughs) girls playing some, I mean, aside from Angela, they had Judy playing playing a hoe. Damn. (laughs) She was working all the guys. I mean, she was getting with Ricky. She was getting with, uh, you know, like, uh, what's his name? That was at uh, Paul. She was trying to get, uh, she was kissing him at one point. I mean, she was working all the dudes in this camp. And you know what's funny about this movie is that all of a sudden she's super popular because she has tits, which barely anything in this film. But back in the day, that is like, guys think that those are the biggest juggies they done ever seen on a girl in person, you know? Well, wasn't that the line when Paul goes up to Ricky and he says, hey, did you see what uh, yeah. he looks like? Yeah, yeah. And he's like, whoa, you know, like a huge. So I'm thinking I'm going to see some double Ds. I didn't think I was going to see a B at best, you know. But also she's a little girl. But it's funny because it's like guys really do be getting that way. I remember when I first started sprouting, all of a sudden you got some fucking power. You got some <laughs> power. And you continue to have that power for the rest of your fucking life. Oh, yeah, life. you do. So enjoy No it. matter what they look like, ladies, <laughs> don't even worry about it. Uh, so, yeah, visually, I mean, it's on the cheap side, yes. But, I mean, they did a decent job with the budget on the kills. I'll yeah. Give that. Oh, God, the bees and, looked good, uh, which they didn't show the bees at the time he was, quotation mark, dying. But at the end when they showed the face, which is obviously like some kind of honeycomb fucking mix-up of some sorts. and Yeah, yeah. It worked out. That looked good. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm trying to think what else. I mean, Angela at the fucking end. Yeah, we just talked about that. Uh, 
the look of the camp itself. I mean, yes. that is a rundown, fucking nasty, fucking camp. I mean, it, yeah. it, it is gross. Well, the fucking owner is rundown himself, and he's more worried about <laughs> keeping it barely going, hanging by a thread, you know. But I'll be honest with you, like my kids go to, well, they were going to a really nice camp out here. They don't do much to maintain the fucking cabins or anything. It's you get an old rickety building and. I don't know how they stay warm because fuck, like it be it be cold over there. <laughs> uh, Story wise, um, it's <laughs> the this it's charming. I'll put it that way because it's it's both a a really fucked up like the beginning of it, it's just out of nowhere. Like those people getting ran, you know, the dad and the kid, you know, the boy or I mean the little girl getting ran over by the. The, the boat because the, the, the one lady she's just not even looking where she's driving she's just yeah. like yeah how are you doing like i thanks for letting me take control of the boat like looking to the off to the side and then even the one who's on the you know the skis behind her is like there's people you bitch yeah out. you know like it's <laughs> she it's was annoying laughable. Just nonstop. We killed a family. That's like shot her. Uh, somebody hit her with the goddamn boat. God. We killed them. Oh my God. We killed a family. <clears throat> uh, so, anyways, all of that's like really, just like really campy. But um, yes. Uh, but uh, the I, when you get into the actual camp itself, they really play it fairly straight. I mean, in a you know, as far as like. Because, I mean, everybody's making fun of bullying Angela, which makes sense because of how weird she is and how much she stands out. Yeah. Uh, the I don't, I mean, it's scary to think of, but, I mean, there probably are pedophiles like Artie at some of these places that, you know, if especially if Mel's not doing his background checks, you know, to, you know, see who's working there. Yeah, probably not. That costs too much money. And the fact that Mel's trying to cover up the murders because he doesn't want to lose money. I mean, yeah. that's very realistic. He wants to make sure the parents are going to, or the kids are going to return the next year, you know? Yeah. I mean, so even though it's got campy elements to the story, they actually play it fairly straight once it gets into the actual camp itself. Yeah. Uh, Acting-wise, it's okay. Yeah, uh, I mean, the bitches were bitches, for sure. I think Angela uh, did a good job. Angela did a good job. Ricky was fine. I mean, like I actually believed he. I mean, he. he you get the idea. He's just a regular boy that you know, and and he feels bad for his cousin. And he's trying to look out for her. Yeah, so, definitely. Uh, Artie was a little over the top with his pedophilia. I Ugh, mean, but yes. Uh, ben, the the other cook, like I mean, he's kind of a stereotype i mean i hate to say it but he really is but you know it is what it is and the male like i mean he you can tell he was a character actor i mean he was playing the the part the way he was but yeah i mean we've seen worse acting in bigger budget films we really have yeah i mean uh <laughs> i know what you did last summer <laughs> shut up uh and music uh the music's fine yeah it uh, went fine with the times and everything it wasn't too cheesy yeah, I mean, it actually had a nostalgic feeling to it yeah. at a lot of points. Um, so, yeah, I mean, is there anything else you want to discuss with any of that stuff? Or, I mean, I, I mean, mean, we'll get into it more in the Death Holler Awards, I guess. But yeah. I mean, there, you know. No, I mean, I've already said my piece of the fucking annoying-ass aunt, the annoying-ass girl that fucking, you know, <laughs> hit people with the... I don't know. 
God. Well, she didn't. She didn't care. It was the girl in the skis that was yeah. crying about it. Yeah. So that one. I mean, those were pretty fucking annoying. And I was like, I know that's the '80s, but fuck, man, you forget about those things. They don't really do that too much now, you know. No, I mean it's it's definitely of its time. I mean it's almost like a little time capsule in that way. Yeah. Uh, trivia for this movie: This is Mike Kellen's final film. Uh, that's what played male. Uh, he was sick during filming, but did his best to conceal it. He died of lung cancer in '83, three months before the film's release. God damn. August of '83. Yeah, he that had a droopy of... ass face, and he didn't look well. No, he didn't. I mean, it, his skin even had like a you know one of the, that color. You yeah. Get whenever you're really sick, a grayish tone almost. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, Willie Cuskin, who plays one of the bullied campers, was genuinely, he's the one with the glasses, you know, that's always getting picked on. Oh, yeah. Was was genuinely bullied by the other kids during filming. Frank Trent uh, Saladino, who played a camp counselor, had to step in when the other cast members took things too far. So they were actually bullying that poor kid. Well, one thing that the hubby said is, look at how skinny these kids are. And this bullied kid who was also, he was thick, but he wasn't fat. He was the fat kid, and it just shows you how far we've come along in America in terms of obesity. It really does. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, somebody who was overweight as a kid in the 80s, whenever that wasn't a thing, I can tell you it. I mean, it's really weird to see how things have escalated the yeah. other direction. It's like, you think that's overweight? Ooh, buddy, you should see the future. <laughs> Uh, the film became an unexpected hit and something of a cult uh, favorite for horror movie buffs. It made 30 times more than what it was well, that was spent on it. That was fucking insane. Uh, Jonathan Tierston was given the role of Ricky after an unusual audition in which writer-director Robert Hilstick, uh, 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 Hilstick uh, asked Jonathan to curse him out. And wow. That's one, of my, that's one of my favorite parts of the movie, but I could not find any, like, you know, the quotes online of it is whenever the one kid throws the water balloon at Angela. Yes. Ricky goes on like a five minute tirade throwing every curse word that you can imagine at that kid. Like, yeah. I mean, he does not stop. It's like, it's perfect. Yes. They even come in, their camp counselors are like, whoa, mouth, like, watch it. Kid. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, as a child, writer-director Robert Hiltzik, uh actually went to the camp used in the film. Oh, that's cool. Uh, Fliss Rose, uh, Karen Fields, and Catherine Cammy, uh, who played Angela, Judy, and Meg, respectively, were actually all quite close during filming. Uh, Catherine Cammy said the scene where they uh, throw Angela in the water was hard for her to shoot for that reason. Oh, like, that's all funny. She actually liked her. Yeah. Uh, Felissa Rose was only 13 at the time, which is unusual for a feature film. Studios usually cast actors 18 and over who look younger because of restrictions on using actors under 18 for extended hour shoots. Also at 13, she was too young to see her own movie in theaters. Oh, my God. Wait, without parents, though, right? Like, Uh, could she have gone with her parents? I don't know, because things were different back then. Like, they, I don't, if they've, certain ratings i don't even know because i don't know pg-13 was even a rating back in those days yeah so if it was r they were pretty specific about what they allowed yeah uh she said in an interview that she wore a bra designed to keep her breasts flat as a board although she joked that she was only 13 so there wasn't much to flatten anyway (laughs) yeah back then when people were actually in better shape the boobs that you got weren't like they are now it was rare 
there's also some, I mean, I don't know if you want to call it conspiracy theory. If it's, I mean, there is some truth to it because even scientists admit that there's hormones oh, yes. due to like pills and stuff that's in the water, regular drinking water that are causing girls in particular to, you know, become mature at younger ages than previously. Oh yeah. I mean, I believe it. <laughs> so, uh, the movie was shot in early fall. It was set in midsummer. You can tell it's early fall too. If you look in the background, cause I was noticing this, the trees are changing color. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, so the crew often use green spray paint on brown uh, leaves and grass to keep continuity. That's so funny. Some of the campers getting off the buses at the beginning of the film are relatives of the cast and crew. Uh, the police officer entering the rec hall at the end of the film wears a fake mustache. The uh, reason being that mm, he had shaved mm. his off his actual mustache during filming and didn't have enough time to grow it back. Oh my God. It, it had like, he had one scene where he just had this horrific look on his face. <laughs> Uh, the original artwork for Sleepaway Camp Survival Kit DVD box set, which included the unauthorized sequels, was recalled after the American Red Cross complained about its trademarked Red Cross logo appearing on the cover. Oh, okay. That makes <laughs> sense. Uh, director Robert Hiltzik uh, directed the movie or dedicated the movie to his mother, who died before production began. The financial inheritance from her death provided the bulk of the movie's funding. Wow. That uh, money well spent. Yeah, I mean, he, he made quite a bit off of it. So, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, uh, Phyllis Rose does not speak her first line in the movie until 31 minutes into the film. Yeah. Uh, she was paid $5,000 for her performance in the movie. Yeah. Uh, when when casting the role for Angela, uh, Robert uh, would have the actresses stare wide-eyed and straight ahead while also pretending to eat a candy bar. <laughs> Uh, okay. Melissa Rose's relatives appear as background campers getting off the buses, which was previously mentioned. I mean, a bunch of the other ones, too. Yeah. Uh, while filming the scene in which the canoe flips over in the lake, John E. Dunn cut the top off uh, top of his hand <gasps> open against the sharp rock on the lake bottom and had to be rushed to the hospital. Shit. Uh, the Catherine Cammy, who played Meg, and Thomas E. Uh, Vandell, who played Mike, uh, Kenny's friend, uh, dated during filming. She said she thought he was going to be the next Robin Williams because he was so funny. Oh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, Felissa Rose and Jonathan Tiersten developed a romance during filming but broke up soon after. He was 17 and she was 13 at the time. Gross. Uh, and also, they're cousins in the movie, so it's even weirder. Yeah. Whatever. <clears throat> During filming of the scene where Artie hits Ricky against the shelves in the pantry, Artie actually had to repeatedly slam Ricky against the shelves. At the end of the filming, he had lines on his back because they had to keep doing it so many times. Oh, my God. Uh, Loris uh, Salian, who was 19 at the time, said uh, uh, during filming, uh, filming the skinny dipping scenes was tough for a lot of reasons. For one, the production schedule was pushed back farther in the fall, so when they filmed at 1 a.m., it was very cold. Yeah. Also, he agreed to do the nudity uh, the scene required, but he was also very shy. They only showed their butts on camera, but he and the other guys still had to be totally naked. Yeah. And to make matters worse, it was supposed to be a close set, but somebody forgot to tell the locals oh, who, had set up, who had set up picnic baskets and lawn chairs along the lake to watch the action. Oh, my God. <clears throat> uh, Slayin said that the sight of a bunch of naked guys bouncing into the freezing water uh, set them into some rather questionable behavior. It got so bad, he ended up walking off set to the director finally coaxed him back, but he told the director that he would only film the scene where he groped himself at the girls for running off after the guys uh, came out of the lake if he could wear underwear. Yeah. Uh, originally, he had agreed to do it naked. Uh, the director agreed. 
Okay, so wait, what happened? Who had questionable behavior? The guys, or the uh, or the people watching? I want to say it was the locals. Okay, that's what I was thinking. Holy crap! <clears throat> uh, the movie and the, this movie and Friday the Thirteenth Part Three inspired Weird Al, Weird Al Yankovic song "Nature Trail to Hell." Both films feature the cutting up of campers and an ending you have to see to believe. Holy oh God! Uh, young Peter is played by Maximo Giofranco Sorrentino or Sorrentino. The older brother of Mike, the situation Sarantino of MTV's Jersey oh, Shore God. fame. Uh, Rare is the slasher whose victims are almost all between 12 and 15. Also, a couple of people get attacked but not killed, which is also rare for a slasher. Yeah. And then three original songs were used in the movie, but only one was released on soundtrack album. Okay. Uh, Death Holler Awards. Uh, Final Girl isn't one. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there just isn't. Because uh, her slasher is Angela Baker. I mean, uh, the transsexual slasher, as it were. Uh, yeah. Which is one of the reasons why I said that I think this movie might be canceled these days. Even though it's given representation, negative representation, for whatever, I mean, for whatever reason in that group is usually, like, nixed, you know, so they, they wouldn't allow the killer to be, you know, transsexual. Yeah. Uh, what'd you think of Angela as far as like, you know, uh, her reasons for killing her and everything else? Um, I mean, she was killing the people that were bullying her. So it's kind of cool. It's like a revenge a little bit, but also she's a little psychotic from one, the traumatic experience she went through as a kid, losing her entire family. I mean, no one really says what happens to her mom. I think, or no, because they no, that's they, her aunt. They never mention yeah. what, what happened to mom. And then two, being forced. It's one thing if a child into adulthood knows that they wanted to be the opposite sex. I do believe that's a thing. But in this case, it's looking like what a lot of us are assuming, that somebody forced them into believing that. Or they were traumatized <clears throat> into wanting that, you know? Yeah, they, they were... At I mean, at the, either because the the parent or the caregiver uh, decided that that's what they wanted for the person. It wasn't really what the 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 actual child themselves wanted for you know or thought yeah. that they're or identified with as far as their gender. So you could see that if someone's forcing you to do something against your will your whole life, yeah, it's gonna fuck you up a little bit, you know. Um. Yeah, it's it's a weird situation. I mean, it's and it's not like I mean, and going with what you said, if forcing against your will, like it. Yeah, I could see the argument if somebody you know felt that they were always a female and they were a male, and they you know they you know their parents refused to acknowledge that that could you know cause problems later on. But I mean, you know, it, it's just as bad the other way. Like if they never really had an opinion, or they you know never. Or they felt that they were male and, and somebody else picked their gender for them. It's yeah. just as, as bad. Exactly. <clears throat> uh, best kill. Uh, I, I've got several for this. Visually, I think uh, Meg's is one of the best. Just the way the knife is sliding down her back or whatever in that scene. Uh, most satisfying because we're claiming it as a kill is Artie. Yes. I mean, straight up. And creative is Judy's because I guarantee you we'll never see another curling iron shoved in a cooch in yes. another movie. Um, and I was thinking, too, probably the worst part of that is that she likely didn't die. 
but she died. Yeah, like yeah. she. They, they may, I mean, that wouldn't be enough to kill you, but you'd probably want to be dead after that. Yes, I mean, I don't know how you fucking recover from that. No, not really. I mean, maybe that's where that movie Judy comes from, is the assumption that she didn't die from that because it's really not enough to kill a person, but, like, somehow it fucked her up. Like, yeah. You know. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. And it's funny because I was like, oh, my God, I told no. I was like, yeah, that looks like, that's kind of like those duck bills they use at the fucking gynecologist's office, you know? <laughs> and he goes the like. Specu- the little speculum. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, yeah, but I guarantee you it's not on fire. And I was like, no, it still sucks, though. <laughs> Uh, is there any other kills that you thought were, I mean, I could, I could see the B one for sure. I mean, like I if thought, someone... for me, the B one was the best. It was the worst for me at first. Cause I'm like, fuck, we don't even get to see this. But then you see his body plop over and it's like, oh, but in death, he could break that fucking, you know, piece of wood that was holding him in, but he couldn't do it while he was being attacked by the bees. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of like he was caught between the two of them. I think visually it just looked so good. Like, Noah said that uh, he thought that the back one wasn't too bad either. Uh, it looked good because you see her plopped over, and obviously she's all washed up and everything. I thought it looked a little plain, you know? I don't know. Yeah, I, I just, to me, it looked, I mean, it as they were, as she was doing the kill, like the way that they got the knife to slide yeah. down her back, you know? Uh, cause I, I agree like the body afterward, it looked good. I mean, for, especially for the budget, but it was not like the best thing we've ever seen with regards to that. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, best scream. Um, I'm going to say best grunt and that's, uh, Angela holding the severed head at the end of it as she's hissing or whatever. Yeah. That shit's creepy <laughs> as fuck. I've never had a scream or whatever that was like scary like those screams that are good because you're being chased and you're being hunted whatever but this one oh my god that was yeah it sticks with you it really does i mean that image and that image you know what that reminds me of and i don't know if it's the same with you but remember lights out yes does it not remind you of that monster it kind of does okay good i'm I'm glad you're with me on that one because i was like that's what i was thinking when i saw and then there's the weird noise that it's making i'm like Uh, humanitarian award uh, given to Angela. I mean, yes, we're giving a, yes. a humanitarian award to uh, Slasher for killing Artie. Well, here, at, here at Death Holler, we give credit where credit is due. <laughs> uh, I mean, he was straight up talking about molesting these children. He deserved everything coming to him. And like them to be hairless. And what was up with the counselor that brought Angela to him? That was creepy. Oh, oh my God. It's like, uh, hey, uh, we've got this little girl here that uh, needs something that is kind of, you know, in her own little shell. How about you open her up? To, like, and it's like, no, what, no. what are you doing? She don't speak either, so. Oh, God. And I think maybe Artie even, like, made a comment about that, that that's even better that she wouldn't speak because then she, you know. He, he would get more out of it or something. He, man, he just deserved it. Yeah. Like, that's all That's all there is to it. Yeah. Uh, best boobs, not really applicable, but you do kind of see Meg's side boob a little bit in the top of her boobs. Yeah, and at least scene. she's 18 because I would not have wanted to see any 13-year-old boobies. Although, I don't know that we saw, for what they're worth, uh, Angela's at the end. I think they were covered by hair. Uh, if we did, they were basically a boy's boobs. I mean, they, you know, they... Well, yeah, Whatever. because I think it was a different person's body. Okay, there's a picture of it. It was definitely a dude's body. Yeah. That's not a girl's body. 
So that might have been like a face they made up to look like Felissa Rose. That's what I was thinking. Case. Yeah, because the like okay, because she is just a twig, you know, and the person they show with his dick hanging out, uh, he's got broad ass shoulders, fucking strong ass arms, and everything, and a big old dick. <laughs> uh, best side character, uh, I'm going to give to Ricky because even though he's kind of a main character, but that that scene with him uh, cussing for like five minutes, oh yeah. man, I just I love it. Well, in general, and, the the shit talking that kid does throughout the fucking film is fucking spot on. It, it it really fit the time too. Like he is one of the best written characters in the movie because he feels like a real kid yeah like, and, and when it comes to that the best thing about him is he's never upset to step in when he needs to he's never like Ugh, fucking angela again you know um he steps in only when he needs to which means he's trying to give her the benefit of i can handle this you know or it, taking care of herself or whatever which is the best thing you can do to someone that's a little different you know yeah yeah i mean he he's really I mean, he's a good character. I mean, to try, I mean, looking out for her in that sense, too. Yeah. Uh, Franklin Award, I'm giving it to Meg. I mean, between, you know, hooking, trying to hook up with Mel for whatever th- she was going to get out of that situation. And then uh, the way she treated Angela, I mean, she's just a complete bitch. I mean, there's no redeeming qualities to Meg in this movie, like at all. Uh-huh. Uh, you could probably say the same ba- thing about Judy, but Judy at least. She was playing her age range as far as the the guys that she was trying to uh, emotionally manipulate. I would say Mel with his trying to cover fucking everything up. And his- well, yeah, I could kind of see that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't disagree with that. I mean, because uh, the Franklin Award's not necessarily the most hated person in the sense that they're just a scummy person. Because mm-hmm. I mean, that would easily be Artie. But, yeah. I mean, it's like the most annoying person, and like there's. Uh, yeah, I could see Mel to a certain degree because, like, he could have solved that problem before it got any worse, and he just refused. It's like, yeah. no, no. Let's uh, I, nothing to see uh, here. Nothing to see here. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Speaking of that, how annoying is Doom Prophet? There's not really one, and Mel's the opposite of a Doom Prophet oh, because yeah. he's actively covering up the murders. Yeah, no big deal. <laughs> it's like, oh, murders? What, what are you talking about? That kid died by accident. So, yeah, yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> Oh, my God. It's so sad we had to send someone home. Like, bitch in a body bag. Well, and that's funny because in part two, if you watch it, that's what they. That's how Angela gets by with so many kills is because where she's a camp counselor in that one, she says that she's sending these kids home. But oh, they're yeah. Just, they're dead out in the cabin in the woods. Like, yeah. You know, was, Blech. So. Blech. <laughs> uh, dumbest moment. Uh, there's many. Uh, letting that bitch drive the boat, yes. obviously. Uh, not repar- reporting Artie to the authorities sooner is a dumb fucking, uh, I mean, yeah. real-life moment. And then male hiding the murders, obviously. Yes. I mean, that's really stupid because it would have stopped everything. Fucking male. <laughs> uh, so what's your opinion on this movie? Because I've got to ask. <laughs> I mean, it's, I was like, sh- she has to see this. Like, this yes. is like... You know, you and the hubby are just fucking you're like two little giddy teenagers introducing me to smut or something like that. <laughs> we got to get her to watch this. <laughs> and I even asked, no, I was like, is this the movie that you guys absolutely had to have me watch? He was giddy the whole film. Uh, and my consensus consensus on the film is that I enjoyed it. I actually like this film. It's I, actually really good. It's I, a good I love film. It too. Yeah, I laughed. I was intrigued the whole time. It wasn't. 
like really scary by any means. In fact, the only scary scene I'll say was it for me was the very end when she's fucking end. looking like lights out, bitch, you know? <laughs> that shit was wild. Um, so yeah, it, it was definitely an enjoyable film. I'm glad I watched it. I think that it went over my head the stuff that would not be allowed today. Cause that's shit that I just laugh at, you know? And I think yeah, that's what made it enjoyable. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I mean, whenever you look look at it from that point of view, like, I mean, of today's society and what they, you know, how culture is when it comes to that sort of thing, you know, like people not being of the right, you know, the gender that, you know, they appear or, or they are biologically, I should say. Yeah. I mean, it's, and it's, you would think that, stuff something like this would be promoted more because i mean like we said it is progressive in the sense that the dad is is gay i mean oh, yeah that's early 80s i mean i you know i'm surprised they didn't get flack for that you know back in the day yeah so um, i think it's i mean i'm not trans i'm not gay i'm not part of any of those communities you know uh am i an ally probably i got some friends you know um yeah. some people i genuinely care about that makes sense of the situation versus what we get in the media um so I will put that out there. Um, but I think that this is a good film for representation because why can't they be the killer? I know it's trying to come off as like, do you want to be the good person? Do you want to be the hero? Or do you want to be like, you know, the villain? Because I want to be the villain. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, it's funny you say that because there are several uh, not necessarily like gay or, you know, a part of the LGBT community that are saying this, but they're uh, like, you know, the black community in particular is saying this. There are several roles that they would not allow like black actors to have in recent years because they were the villain. And they were like, that's dumb. The villain is one of the most interesting characters and yeah. in, in most because uh, they're the, the, they've got the, like the most complexity to them. I mean, the hero is generally, you know, there, there might be a reason why they, you know, they're, they're reluctant to be the hero or they might, you know, uh, but they're usually, I mean, there's less subtlety to the hero than there yeah. is the bad guy. The bad guy, you want to know who they are. How did they become the way they are? How did they get all their power? You know, you're, you're intrigued by them. Um, and, yeah. and, and also there's, I mean, whenever you're talking about the, the villain, uh, you know, there's not just the power that comes with it, but they, I mean, they, they typically have i mean they're they're they feel like they're the hero in in their own movie yes. or their, you know property they're doing it for a reason they think is a good reason in a lot of cases yes i mean like you look at angela in this movie yes she's the villain obviously but like i mean she took out a pedophile first of all yeah that was going to hurt other kids uh those bullies that were attacking her i mean she did not provoke them she was mm -hmm. just there like yeah. trying to you know be peaceful about it and they kept pushing her so, I mean, it's like you, you, there, there's more to her than, I mean, like, you know, Ricky would be the only true hero in this movie. And, but I mean, he's a little bit, I mean, but there's less to him than Angela because I mean, you know, he's not really, there's nothing for him to overcome or, you know, to deal with. Yeah. There's barely any, you know, slander or slurs in terms of the gay community. There's one scene where she asked if Angela is queer and I think that question answers itself where it's like, well, she's not like she did like she's if anything, she's being respectful because her natural feelings are clearly not towards women, even though she has a dick. Yes. And if they were, 
she'd be in there watching you guys. Yeah, she would be in there covered up somehow, trying yeah. to hide, you know, but she's uh, she realizes that she's got a part that they yeah. don't have and it's not respectful her to be, for her to be in there with them. Yeah, that or she doesn't want to be. And maybe she's clearly interested in dudes, you know, which I don't know how it goes in the second film. I was I was half awake watching that, but um she doesn't really in the second movie she doesn't really have it because she goes ultra religious in the second okay. one and so she doesn't really she goes the opposite way that if you're having sex you're a dirty person and so ah. therefore you need to die if she okay. goes that route with it so still confused in my opinion but whatever anyways overall <laughs> fucking definitely good film i'm glad it was not a sleeper if you will because uh, it clearly did very well in the box office and very much deservedly so yeah, and they're, I mean, and the sequels are liked by people, even though they're, to me, they're not as good as the first movie. They really aren't. Yeah, I mean, Noah it, was not enjoying the second one, even though there's a pretty good bouncy booby sex scene, so. There's a lot of tits in that second movie. Yeah. I mean, there's one chick in particular at the beginning of the movie that, like, when Angela walks in there, she tells her, she's like, you can function without showing your tits to everybody, and then she makes it a point to flash everybody after that point with her yeah. tits, so. I mean, it's it's more of a of a traditional slasher. I think this first one is better because it's it subverts a lot of that stuff. Like the, the you know, there's there's a lot in this that that you you don't get from a lot of other slashers around the same time period. Yeah. But uh, that's it for the first part of this episode. Join us next time for Club Dread and High Tension. And as always, peace be with you and with your spirit. <laughs>